I'm not going to lie, being undefeated in MMA has got to feel great. Imagine thinking you're good enough to fight in a cage, and then when you do it, you just start beating everybody. You'd feel invincible. But what happens if the first time you lose, it's not actually because you were just beaten inside the cage, but because of something else entirely? Anything can happen in a fight, and we've seen undefeated fighters lose because of injuries, illegal moves, or even being robbed by the judges. I'm Bailey and from MMA on Point, as always, I want to say thank you before we start to our channel Hall of Famers for supporting our content, and these are 10 controversial ways undefeated fighters lost their O. Number 10, Evan Dunham. Not that long ago, I made a video about fighters who couldn't be submitted in their MMA careers, and Sean Shirk was on that list for a few reasons, not just because his neck could have had its own six-pack. I don't think I've ever seen anybody that's tougher to choke out than you. I got a big neck, fortunately. But for his fight against Evan Dunham. Now, this fight happened right at the end of Shirk's career. It was his last fight ever after an amazing career, but he was going up against the undefeated Evan Dunham, who had just got started in the UFC, and after four wins in a row, was taking a step up in competition against the former champion, Sean. Dunham had fantastic jiu-jitsu, a black belt under Megaton Diaz, and the guy was 11-0, and based on what he'd done so far, was looking like a top prospect in the division. He unleashed on Sean what was essentially an unrelenting assault of submission, seven in total, and they were all super close. Round one, most likely went to Sean, but rounds two and three, Evan stacked up more control time and outlanded him. After the fight was done, seven out of seven media members scored the fight for Evan, and if you check the fan scorecards, just 17% scored it for the Muscle Shark, which is why when they announced him as the winner, it was very controversial. What a great fight. The crowd were booing, media disagreed, but it did nothing to get back Dunham's O, and he suffered the first loss of his career. Number nine, Kelvin Gastelum. Although we were all introduced to a young, somewhat shy Kelvin Gastelum on the Ultimate Fighter at middleweight, it was pretty clear he was perhaps a little on the small side. Don't get me wrong, in some ways that definitely helped his style, but coming into the UFC, he was going to try and make welterweight, and yeah, it seemed like a sensible idea. Now, Kelvin has self-admitted that he loves the food of his people, Mexican food, which I can't really argue with. I mean, I would literally push a child to get to some quesadillas. I get too heavy outside of camp. And that's my problem. You know, I like to eat my Mexican food. After the Ultimate Fighter, Kevin made the switch to welterweight and racked up four wins in the division in just over a year. He was now 10-0 undefeated and ranked number seven, which was a really fast climb. And he was putting on great performances. Next up for him as well, though, was the number three guy in Tyron Woodley. The UFC were giving him a chance to race to the top of the division, but there was one thing holding him back. He couldn't make weight. He'd previously worked with Mike Dolce to help manage his diet, but he had fired him because he thought he was too expensive, which fans might have had more sympathy for, except when he stepped on the scales to fight T Wood, he missed weight by nine pounds. 180. Calvin misses by 10 pounds. It was pretty controversial considering it was now the third time in just five fights that he'd had problems with his weight. Woodley took the fight anyway and dominated Kelvin, who looked like a shadow of himself, and he was handed the first loss in his career. He has recently made the commitment to go back to 170 pounds. You know, I haven't felt this great in years. I haven't been this skinny in years. And has seemed much healthier, but it didn't seem like it helped his performance against Sean Brady, who just outgrappled him. Number eight, Greg Hardy. Pretty much from his initial signing, there was already a fair amount of controversy surrounding Greg Hardy. He was a former NFL player that, for one thing, had problems with coaches after tweeting inappropriate things, tardiness, just generally being a bad influence on the rest of the team, apparently. And then he got accused of something we don't want to mention out loud on YouTube and was dropped from the organization. But even in MMA, he only needed a handful of fights before the UFC signed him. And even then, he got a co-main event in his first ever UFC card, something else a lot of fans had a problem with. There was just a lot of bad juju around Greg before he even stepped in the cage. Oh, so are, are you worried that you're always going to have these haters? Because I'm not going to lie, we've had people that see us online, they're like, why do you even cover that guy, man? He's 
He's got a horrible past. He's a terrible person. Why are you encouraged? All I can say is I'll be worried when they meet me and then they have a problem with me. That being said, though, Greg himself seemed fairly confident going into his first UFC fight. He might have been in a new sport entirely, but so far he was 3-0 as a pro and ready to go. You know, I see in him what I see in uh, all the other heavyweights in the division. He bleeds. It's destruction from my side, man. I'm the prince of war. It's going to be war. Yeah, the thing is, Greg, I don't think that includes illegally kneeing your opponent because that is what happened about halfway through the second round. Right. Oh. And immediately the referee intervenes. That, of course, only caused more controversy around Hardy questions about whether he was even ready for the UFC. It was a pretty disastrous way to make a debut. He lost via disqualification and that took the O from his record. Number seven, Sean O'Malley. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why the heck is an undefeated fighter on this list? Sean, he's never lost, has he? Well, sorry, Luke, mate, but yeah, admittedly, Sean has looked incredible in his UFC career right up until he fought Cheeto Vera, so I get it. For some sugar fans, you possibly can't comprehend the idea of him actually losing a fight, can you? I'm just kidding, but the reason people make so many jokes about the first loss in Sean's career is because it was, in a lot of ways, controversial. Sean won four straight fights in the UFC after the Contender Series, and in his second fight, he badly injured his foot and had to sit out for a period of time as well. Now, to be fair, he hadn't been touched in the Eddie fight, and even though it was August, it was already his third fight of the year. The fight between them was pretty close, so it wasn't really going one way or the other, but Cheeto landed a leg kick about halfway through the round, and it went downhill from there. Oh! Huge elbow from Turns out Sean's foot was injured and he became a sitting duck for Cheeto, who ended up on top and TKO'd him. Under normal circumstances, it would have just been a first round TKO for Cheeto, but because of this weird freak injury to his foot, it became pretty controversial. Even now, I bet there's people in the comments who have different opinions on the outcome of this fight. And even though Mally's O was technically gone, he dismissed the loss and released merch celebrating his still undefeated status. Took that one in his stride, didn't he? I talked to the Sugar State Athletic Commission and they mm-hmm. took it away. Number six, Aspen Ladd. Right when the new women's 125-pound division needed an injection of new talent, Aspen Ladd kind of appeared as this new undefeated contender on the rise, one of the first in that new weight class. She joined the UFC from Invicta, where she went 5-0 and then proceeded to run through the division, picking up four wins and even TKOing Lena Landsberg and Tonya Evinger. But that's when everything changed for Aspen. Previously, in a scheduled fight against Leslie Smith, she missed weight by two pounds, and Leslie actually refused to fight at a catchweight, and the fight was cancelled. I'm disappointed in how Aspen Ladd went about the whole thing. I think that it is disrespectful. When Ladd then put her undefeated streak on the line against Jermaine Durandamy, she looked truly awful at weigh-ins. She was wincing in pain and shaking on the scales. It brought up all those weight-cutting fight week questions again, and she dismissed them all at the ceremonial weigh-ins, saying she felt great. But just 16 seconds into the fight, GDR dropped Aspen, and the ref immediately called it off. Pretty much unanimously across MMA media, everyone thought that it was an early stoppage and Ladd even appealed, but it wasn't overturned. I was still aware, so I wish he hadn't stopped the fight, but there's nothing I can do about it now. I don't think the way she looked at weigh-ins helped much at all. After such a good 8-0 run, it was a shame to see it all end in controversy, to be honest. Number five, Chad Mendes. A lot of you will probably know Chad Mendes for his time. He was one of the best, if not the best, featherweight in the world, not named Jose Aldo. He made his name first in the WEC where he joined as another Team Alpha male member alongside the others already in the promotion. And in just one year, he stacked up four wins over credentialed WEC opponents. When the UFC did bring all those fighters over, Chad was among them 9-0. And in 2011, he beat Michihiro Omigawa and then Honey Yaya, which made him the number one contender and still undefeated going into 2020. The year opened with a title fight against 
Jose Aldo in Brazil, taking on the new guy Chad Mendes. And although most of his wins were by decision, his win streak made him a worthy challenger for gold. I mean, obviously, my strength is my wrestling. Well, I mean, I got to go into his backyard, you know, get in there and take that belt from him. But he spent most of the first round trying to take Jose down. He failed a bunch, but right before the end of the round, Chad finally looked like he was about to get him on the mat. But the champion grabbed the fence and stayed on his feet. Then just 30 seconds later, Aldo knocked him out. He does, but when there's reconnection, he's free. Which was pretty controversial because, well, if Chad had got that takedown, he probably would have made it to the next round. But hey, I guess we'll never know. There was nothing controversial about the actual finish. Still, most people don't remember that Chad was undefeated going into that fight and wouldn't lose again until he fought Jose Aldo two years later. Number four, Matt Hamill. Not many people go straight into the ultimate fighter at the start of their MMA career. Even back in 2006, it was a rare occurrence. But while casting season three, the UFC matchmakers came across Matt Hamill, a three-time Division Three wrestling champion and a light heavyweight whose grappling was already good enough to secure him a place on the show. Matt was deaf since birth and only won and 0 when he joined the ultimate fighter. He ultimately had to pull out in the semifinals, but while on the show, he had a rivalry with another contestant, Michael Bisping. Both guys were on the same team, but they brushed shoulders a few times. No, I see my, myself and Matt in the final. Uh, and I've got a good bit of time to Mike went on to win the season and Matt joined the UFC roster. One year later, he had banked three wins in the light heavyweight division, so the UFC matched him up with Bisping in a long-awaited clash of undefeated rivals. They fought in Bisping's home turf of England and had a highly contested fight where Matt scored six takedowns, but when the final bell rang, as close as it had been, most people scored it for the American wrestler. But the judges gave it to Bisping in what is still considered one of the most controversial decisions of all time. Michael! It didn't help that this all happened in the UK, so a lot of fans said it was favouritism from the judges, and on MMA decisions, 80% of the fans scored it for Matt Hamill. Matt lost and fell to 4-1, while Mike stayed undefeated, but he'd lose his O in his next fight anyway in another extremely close decision. This time, he was on the end of a loss to Rashad Evans. Number 3, Tito Ortiz. If you've only ever seen Tito in the last couple of years, you've probably only seen the older version of him after his UFC loss streak or even the end of his Bellator run. But before all of that, he was one of the most dominant champions in UFC history. Tito made his pro debut at UFC 13. He'd been a junior collegiate state wrestling champion and was now at university and showed up to compete in the tournament still enrolled. And because of that, is the only person in UFC history to compete without prize money on the line so he could maintain his amateur status as an athlete at college. In the first round, he TKO'd Wes Albritton in just 30 seconds. Super impressive. But the next round, he was up against a much tougher and more experienced guy, Mezka, a guy who already had 17 fights under his belt. Tito actually did really well, punishing the takedown attempts early with knees to the head. But by the time he finally got control of Mezka, Big John McCarthy stepped in to break up the action. Turns out Tito had cut the top of Guy's head and Big John wanted the doctors to check it out. But the controversy here is really that when they restarted the action, they put both men back on the feet, not in the top position that Tito had claimed. Just 30 seconds later, Tito shot another takedown and he went right into Guy Mezka's guillotine and he ended up being submitted. They really should have just put them back on the ground with Tito on top, but they didn't. And even though he just started, Ortiz's O was already gone. Number two, Fedor Emelianenko. 
During the epic run of any legendary fighter, as a fan, you've probably gone back through their record at the time to see who they possibly could have lost to, given that when someone is in that aura of invincibility, it seems impossible that they'd ever lost before. With Anderson Silva, you went back and looked at the crazy flying scissor heel hook that Rio Chonan tapped him with. And when Fedor Emelianenko was on his massive win streak, you went back to see what that one loss was on his otherwise incredible record. Fedor won 31 fights before suffering his first proper defeat because the first loss in his career was pretty controversial. The last Emperor made his debut in the Rings promotion, which at the time had some of the best fighters in the world. After going 3-0, he was invited to join the King of Kings tournament with some other incredible fighters, and he beat the Brazilian Tiger in the opening round. Fedor could have won the entire tournament, but in the next round, he fought Suyoshi Kosaka, and the fight was over in literally the first exchange. <laughs> With the first punch he threw, Tsuyoshi had cut Fedor with his elbow, which were also illegal in the competition, but the doctors stopped the fight anyway and declared Kosaka the winner. That single controversial loss would follow Fedor for the next nine years where he went on a 26-fight unbeaten streak. And number one, John Jones. It's, it's John Jones. Since becoming the UFC champion, John Jones has won 14 title fights in a row. Maybe one or two of them were a little close, but the point is he's had an epic run in the UFC. Habib is recognized as that guy who went undefeated and walked away from the sport, but there are a lot of people that look at John's record in the same way, not as 27-1, but as simply 28-0 because of the one loss in his career being super controversial, to the point that it's dismissed by a lot of people, including Dana White. There's no doubt that John Jones is special. He's, he's the greatest of all time. He's undefeated. He's never lost a fight ever in the UFC. He's fought all the best. After competing at UFC 100, John was matched up with Matt Hamill at the tough heavyweight season finale. Matt was someone who could potentially negate the wrestling of John Jones, but what really happened was Bones got top position and started destroying him with elbows. Honestly, with about 90 seconds left, it looked like the ref could probably stop it. That man was Steve Mazzagati, and seeing John drop what he considered an illegal elbow, he called a halt to the action, immediately stood John up and took a point away before turning to the barely moving Hamill on the mat and realized, oh, this fight's probably over. Big elbows. No, you can't do 12 to 6. Now, the elbow might have been illegal, but it definitely wasn't what caused Hamill to be half-conscious on the canvas. The previous five minutes of ground pound had done that, but still, Steve had seen enough. He waved off the fight and gave the win to Matt Hamill via disqualification. Nearly everyone agreed that it was a pretty insane decision. After seeing Matt unable to get up after the legal shot, it was clear the fight was already finished and probably should have gone to John. But either way, that stands as the only loss in Jones's career. And to this day, it's still pretty controversial. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the video today. That was a pretty fun one. You know, undefeated fighters, generally they get beaten by somebody. All these guys had a bit of a rough shout. I mean, unless you don't like Sean O'Malley. That one I can understand. But, you know, pretty much all of these guys didn't get a chance to lose that O properly. Controversial ways they lost it. This was a fun video, like I said, I enjoyed it. I wanna give a shout out to the editor, George Hutchinson. George, thank you for editing this one. He's back on the team, he's making videos. Check out his social media if you wanna give him a thank you and show some extra support. All of you channel champions out there, big thank you for supporting this content and thank you for supporting it all of the year as well. You know, if you wanna join them guys, you can click the link down below in the description. There's a couple of cool benefits. You get the unedited podcast, you get access to the writers meeting, all the other bits and bobs that come with it. But thank you to those guys. If you thought there should have been someone else on this list, let me know. If you disagree, you don't think some of these were controversial, you think Michael Bisping won that fight, you can also let us know down below. We appreciate you guys interacting with these videos. And if you did enjoy it, give us a thumbs up. That's always appreciated. We do lots of videos. So if you're new here, subscribe. You'll catch them all. I've been Bamian. Thank you very much for watching. I'll see you in the next video.